Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady. I am here with my co-host, JC. Hey, JC, how you doing? Hey, Wendy, I'm doing pretty good. It's finally getting a, a little chilly up here in the Northeast right now. They're talking about the snow in the next few days. I guess there's a, they call a Manitoba Marauder coming over the Great Lakes. Should be bringing a, a dusting of snow soon. Kind of excited for that one. Wow, I am glad I'm not there then because I am in sunny Florida where it's currently 84 degrees. Oh. And, um, I, it's actually a little too warm for me right now. I'm supposed to get chilly this week, which means we might have to wear socks or pants or something. But other than that, we will, uh, take our, our, cold weather which might go down to like i don't know 65 overnight (laughs) (laughs) hey we have an amazing podcast lined up here today we're going to be talking about best practices in employment law and some general business uh trials we have hillary johns here and you're coming in from what state hillary california but i'm also or it is a nice 82 degrees but i'm a little jealous of jc here because i love the fall and how it changes but We also have offices in New York and D.C. and Montana. Oh, yeah. So you're definitely going to get the uh, the winter, the real winter effect at some point coming up, right? Exactly. Or snowed in, (laughs) (laughs) depending on where we are. That is that is very true. So, Hillary, thank you so much for coming today. Um, I understand that you're a trial lawyer and you provide, you know, professional civil trial representation. And uh, we have so much to ask you today about employment law and really just to help our, our listeners out. So um, I don't know. So they don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always say I'm doing my job well. If I either you never have to see me again or you don't have to call me. That, that yeah. Keeps me <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And we all wish that we don't have to call a lawyer. But, you know, I was just doing um, a training this morning or just a couple hours ago on, on a, a different topic on disability accommodations. And, you know, I'm, I'm always like saying, I know you don't want to call a lawyer, but you should do it ahead of time where it's 500 to a couple thousand dollars versus $20,000. And you're going to trial against Hillary Johns, which we don't want to do because you are very, very good. I am, I'm so impressed with, with your, um, your experience and the fact that you speak four languages. I do not as well as I, I do, but I, it's, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's worth doing and I have help. So that's amazing. Well, hey, congratulations. English, French, German and Spanish. My goal someday is to speak Spanish. I have a book that I have translated both of my books into Spanish, but I don't know what they say. So hopefully they were translated correctly. (laughs) Hey, let's dive in here. I want to talk about why do businesses need a lawyer on their side? So I'll just kind of open it up there for you. Why why should a a business, whether they have five employees or 5,000 employees, have an attorney on their side? I think it's always good to call and get legal advice as a preventative measure before a problem starts. Often I have clients who call me or and they say, well, we've done all these things. Did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? No, we didn't. Did you say this? And and you find out they've said things that they shouldn't have or maybe weren't advisable. They didn't keep documents. Everybody, please 
document everything, keep evidence, or it wasn't handled well. That is that those are three of the main things I see. And if they called earlier, I would have given advice and they would have known what to say and not to say. In addition, just in the state of California alone, we are a very, very active pro-employee state currently. Not all states mm-hmm. are. New York is another one that is constantly changing with the new bills and the new laws and they're going through the Senate and new case law. And it is very difficult to keep up. And we have services with lawyers who provide us with <laughs> lists of changes in the law. So, you know, twice a year, January and July, lawyers are responsible for knowing this. There may be a change in the law or they may give you an insight. You know, sometimes you need a reality check, too. And if you call your lawyer because you're upset, you want to believe it and you're working all day and you got to get this off the plate. And there's, say there's been a complaint, uh, sexual harassment, or you've got to let someone go. And you know they're going to put in a claim. You know, they're already making noises about doing this and you know it's going to happen or you're concerned and you're worried they're going to get that plaintiff's attorney who's going to sue you. A lawyer can walk you through this and give you advice how to document it. So maybe it doesn't go away because employers are are targets. They are. They are. They're, so they're so even, even though you're a, you know, you specialize in trials, your goal really is to avoid those trials. We do. We do a lot of HR work. We represent a lot of companies, whether we represent them in litigation. Sometimes they come to us, they're already in litigation. But we also do a lot of that work, that backup work to keep them out of that, the preventative work. So, you know, NDAs, if they need policies done, insurance is also key. You may have insurance that there is insurance available these days that is affordable. Uh, and so we do a lot of advice and work like that to advise them. This is what you need to do when you're onboarding someone. If there's a problem, what training they need, what records you need to keep, what they need to be advised of. And if you have someone who's a problem, whether it's non-performance or behaviors or, you know, in the remote world, it's a lot of them. Is the bigger problem we see these days is people not showing up to work at all. You know, they have two jobs or they're, they're, right. they're clocking in. They're saying they did eight hours of work when you know they did three, you know, things right. like Right. Right. Absolutely. Hey, JC, you got some stats for us on uh, trials? Yeah, absolutely. Every year, organizations in the United States stand a 12% chance of being sued for employment discrimination. In wow. 2020, 99,941 charges of workplace discrimination were filed. That's a decrease of 7.7% compared to 2019. The EEOC resolved 100,082 charges in 2020, resulting in monetary awards of more than $338 million. Back to you. Whoa, that's a lot of money. Uh, and I would like to say that I'm sure, and, and Hillary can uh, confirm, that since 2020, you know, the worldwide pandemic, there had probably been a massive increase in all kinds of employment law discrimination cases, whether they were legit or not, right? That is very true. And again, you know, things like meal breaks, you know, how much of a meal break do you give someone? How much of a rest break did you give someone? Did you pay them for overtime? You know, class action suits, things like that are very common here. California has the PAGA claim, Private Attorney General's Act, where you can sue on behalf of a class. So yeah. they, there's lots of way in the other states of some similar type laws. There's a lot of ways, a lot of ways an employer can make a misstep, even if they don't do it intentionally. But again, if you have a plan in place and you stick with it and you make sure it's enforced and implemented correctly, you can really avoid a lot of this. I mean, 
does it guarantee that a claim that a claim won't be made? No, but it does mean that if a claim is made, you've got a strong defense, and it may not go to litigation. Most most plaintiff. Yes, Stacy. Yet yeah, I'm not trying to interrupt you, but I've got some great material to support what you're saying. For some people out there, they might not be aware. Of, Things in California are sometimes just a little bit different, right? So for hours worked in excess of 12 in a day, allegedly, according to Sherm, and Hillary's going to help confirm this, double time must be paid. Work completed on the seventh day of a work week is subject to additional requirements as well. Is that right, Hillary? Yes, that is correct. That is correct. Any day over any day over 12 hours or any anything over 40 hours, you're going to get in time and a half and then double overtime. So there are rules that you have to adhere to. It's, it becomes it becomes problematic if you have a bigger company. If you have 50 or 60 people working and clocking in at different times and depending on what you're doing, it, it can be a real task for you. But it, it behooves you to keep track because all you need is that one person suing it, it became very stressful, you know, very, you know, and, and costly as well. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we have a lot more to talk about. I want to talk in our second episode of this five-part series on best practices in employment law. I want to talk about, ooh, I don't know, common sense in the law. So with that said, we'll be right back. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.